You're listening to Hayes Radio Network, Cannabis Lifestyle Radio. Yo, 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 what's up, man? You tuned into the locker room, man. We back with another episode, man. Episode three, man. This is episode three. And under some unfortunate terms, man, you know, I don't want to say it's a bad thing. I think it's pretty good, but we got to name this one Mamba, man, the Mamba mentality. Um, as everybody know, if you don't know, Kobe Bryant passed away last Sunday, this past Sunday, actually, um, in a helicopter crash where he and his daughter and uh, seven other individuals, um, you know, they crashed into the mountain in Calabasas and and, and they died. So um, I decided to name this episode, you know, Mamba Mentality. Um, here with me today, I got a good friend of mine by the name of Kevin Linick. Um, he's a part of the Boston Red Sox organization. Um, he's a pitcher. I got my boy Thomas. Thomas is back. What's up, Thomas? Back like we never left. Kevin, what's up, man? Say what's up what's to the on, people, man? man. What's going on, y'all? Kevin might be a little shy. You know how them baseball dudes is, man. They just get their money and go home. <laughs> But, uh, keep to myself, man. <laughs> and then uh, I got my boy Shane Dro over there. Shane, what's up, man? What's up, Carl? What's going on? Oh, man, we just chilling, man. We here in the locker room, man. And, and, and without further ado, man, let's start it off. And, and we got to speak on the Mamba, man. This is this is, this is is serious. I had people actually hit me up on, on Instagram, on Twitter, like, man, you got to drop a Mamba episode, like, ASAP, like, Tuesday. Like, this was on Monday. I'm like, man, I'm like, give me some time. It don't work like that. I got to meet with the team and... You know, get everybody together, make sure everybody on the same schedule, and we're going to put something together, something special for the Mamba. So, see, I'm wearing a jersey. <laughs> yeah, I see you. Without further ado, man, this is the, this is the Mamba this is the Mamba mentality episode. So, um, I'm just going to start off with what does Mamba mentality mean to you? Kevin, what does it mean to you? What, is, what, is it, what does Mamba mentality mean to you? And the Mamba mentality really means, like, like the work ethic, the drive, the dedication, but not only that, but also the focus you put into everything on a daily basis, um, from sun up to sundown. Even when the sun's down, you kill. You you're still going. So um, yeah, that's really what's his backbone was his his work ethic, and um, his dedication and drive. Yeah, no doubt. And everybody knows Kobe for that. That's what Kobe was known for. I mean, while he tried to imitate Michael Jordan, he knew that Jordan worked hard. He put in that work. So that's what he wanted to do, and that's that's what that Mamba mentality is to me. So for me, it's just basically, you know, you getting up and you grinding. No excuses. You finding a way to get better. If your arm is hurt, you working out with your other arm. You using your legs. You doing whatever you got to do to get better. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? You focused in on the task. So, you know, it was a magician, man. Yeah, he was. Every night they got to post him out the cast on his right, shooting free throws with his left. Yeah. He went a whole game where he shot with his left. Yeah, man, and I mean, we saw we saw a bunch of a, a bunch of different things that Kobe did. For me, I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of well. First, I want you to tell me what your definition of Mamba mentality is, Thomas, and then we'll go to Shane. Uh, basically, just working hard, uh, not taking no for an answer, getting it done with all cost, and just being the best at whatever you do. Yeah, Shane, I think just going hard, his work ethic. In life, not just sports, you know, you could apply what he was doing in, in everything in life. Yeah, I agree. And that's the best thing about sports is sports teach you so much about life. And 
I don't even think it's about playing and being the best. Like, even if you're not the best, just being better and making yourself better, I think that's that's the bigger picture. Like, most people be like, oh, I want to play this and I want to be the best. Well, only so many people get to be the best at what they do. Just just going 100% of whatever you got going on in yeah, your life. Yeah, that's whatever. Whether it be work, family, yeah. sports, school. That, that's whatever. So I just want to dive in on, 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 on what Kobe meant to me personally, man. It's like growing up in the L.A. area, you know what I'm saying, Staples being, you know, 15-minute drive and uh, the Lakers winning, like, I was lucky enough to – I was telling my friend this the other day. You know what I'm saying? Lakers were winning championships. So I got to see them win five. They went to seven. But, uh, the, you know, they, they won five out of seven. So for me it was just like, man, not only are the Lakers booming, but Kobe is the first – Shaq. well, Shaq and then Kobe, they was a tandem. Then Shaq left. Kobe, Kobe took over by himself. So for me it was just like, man – just seeing him stay in L.A. through the ups and the downs. Mm-hmm. You know, he had his, his his personal problems. He had a case where he allegedly raped somebody mm-hmm. very young. Um, you know, he had the situation where he got put in the playoffs as a rookie and airballed and missed. And it's just like so much he went through. Like, only people people see a lot of the accomplishments, the yeah, all-stars. tribulations. Yeah, perseverance. Mm-hmm. The, you know what I'm saying? Like, for a lot of people, like, Miss the playoffs. You, you you come in early and you, and you mess up like that. It may that may be career career changing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so mentally, definitely. Just for him to have that Mamba mentality to be like, you know what? I messed up off the court. I messed up on the court, but I still want to focus and find a way to be the best. And that's what he did, man. And, and dude was I, a winner, man. I, I, I can't say enough means, about like I can't even come to win. words with what he meant. Like, what's your favorite Kobe memory? Mmm, that's tough. For me, it'll probably have to be 81, mm. 81, 81 without a doubt because for the simple fact, I, I, I kind of – a lot of people get mad at me for this, but I don't believe whoever – Will Chamberlain mm. scored 100, mm. I don't believe that. Nobody was there. Come on now. No I don't believe it. I don't I, – you got to show me. You got to show me. They didn't have TV from, at I'm that time. Missouri. What do you mean? Man, they got Hitler on camera. <laughs> They got Hitler on camera. Why they don't why, why don't they why don't they got Will scoring 100? Kobe is the highest on camera. So that's what I got to go by. There you go. You know what I'm saying? So in, in my eyes, Kobe scored the most ever. On camera. On camera. So, you know you what know. I'm saying? I can, I can say I won a million dollars, and it's not on camera. Did I did I win it, or is it just speculation because a bunch of people are saying it? You that's, know what I'm that's, saying? That's mm-hmm. an argument. So uh, for me, it's Kobe scoring 81. I don't know about what, – what about you, Kev? Man, my favorite Kobe moment. Man, that's tough. Um I can't even think of one right now at the top of my head. It's a lot. It's a lot. They got thirty six game winners. Yeah. It's tough. Yeah. <laughs> every night, every night we was getting blessed with a with a different Kobe moment. <laughs> yeah, like right. I said he was a magician, man. Yeah. So Thomas, Thomas, I'm gonna let you tell him. You okay. tell you tell him how you feel about Kobe. All right. Well, for people that know me, know I'm a big Portland Trailblazer fan, and uh, <laughs> I used to hate Kobe when he used to play because. He used to destroy us in the finals, in the Western Conference finals. We was up in the third, and at halftime. Then the third quarter, they start coming back. We was up by a dub. He came and they shacking them, just destroyed us. A lot of people remember the iconic alley oop he threw the shack. Um, I remember when we uh, had Ruben Patterson. He called himself the Kobe Stopper. Kobe destroyed him. He had a game winner in the Rose Garden in Portland, but. Uh, I remember a moment, the most, my favorite moment of Kobe is when I was at a game, they played the Blazers in L.A., 
and he had 63. Uh, Brandon Roy was guarding him. <laughs> he was cooking everybody that they threw out there, and he just was unguardable that night. And, you know, there's so many Kobe moments that I could think of being a Blazer fan living in L.A., but that was a big one for me because I was at the game, and it was just he just couldn't miss. Shane, what about you, man? I know you're a huge AI fan, man. I don't want the people to to think that you're faking it out here, man. I'm a huge AI I, I, fan. I know you respect Kobe, but I know you Al AI. Iverson is my guy. I already know. Uh, but I grew up respecting Kobe. You know, I'm from L.A. Watched him every night. It's like USC. I like Notre Dame, but I watch SC. Uh, my favorite Kobe memory is his last game. Last oh, game. Easy. The Jazz. 60. Easy. 60. Yep. For me, uh, old man. Team is down by 10 with, like, what, two minutes left? Yep. Cooking Gordon Hayward. He, he just, he just, you he know, just. it had been a long time since we see, since we saw that, you yeah. know? Yeah. Shaq told him to go get 50. He went and got 60. <laughs> I knew he was going to go off. but I mean, isn't that Kobe? It was impressive. Like how, it was impressive. Said, man, the, the way he went out, that's Kobe. How, how else would you want Kobe to go out? I just think it. I just think it was it, it was a perfect ending for Kobe. It was man. impressive, and that, and we don't get a Hall of Fame speech. That's, so, yeah. So and, and that's what that hurt. speech right there. That was that is the Hall of Fame speech. That was it. The Mamba out. You and, know, and just think, just that's think, a like, that's a big one right for, there for me. And just think of the irony, man, of the, of the whole situation. And man, it's 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 just tough, man. You, you I had to get it's, off social media, and I'm gonna tell you why I had to get off too. social media because for the simple fact, well, one. I'm going to tell you, I had a hard time because we were supposed to drop our second episode with David Long and Marvell Tell, and talking to one of my producers, I'm like, yo, like, damn, we were supposed to drop the episode today. Like, Kobe died? Like, I don't even want to drop the episode. Mm. Like, man, forget the episode. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, for me, and then, like, secondly, me and Thomas, we were together. We were coming back from New Orleans. Me we and had Kevin went, were together. That's crazy. That's crazy. We just got to LAX. We had just got to LAX. And I got the text from my cousin in Mississippi, and I would be lying to you if I told you, like, I'm like, man, what is she, what is she talking about? You'll my never forget Danny. where you were on that no, day. No, I'll no. never forget. My you'll phone ne- was dead. You'll never forget. And I was in church, and Kevin told me, and I was, just couldn't believe it. Yeah. So when I when I told Thomas, Thomas said, what? So I went, you know, immediately our news, the young folks, our news is Twitter. Yep. I went to Twitter immediately and searched TMZ. it. So I searched it, and I saw the article. And I'm like, ah, uh, but it only had like maybe 400 retweets. So I'm like, mm. so me, I tell Thomas, and Thomas is like, what? Thomas, get on the phone. He start calling people. I start calling my aunts and my uncles, you know. And then five minutes later, I went back to that same article on Twitter, and it had 20,000 retweets. So I'm like, oh, man, this must be weird. I mean, this must be real. So I call my cousin Ray, and I'm like, Ray, did you hear about Kobe? And he like, like, what? What about Kobe? What do he do now? Like, you know, thinking it's going to be something amazing. And I'm like, man, Kobe died in a helicopter crash, man. He like, man, if you don't get off my phone, like, why are you even talking? He like, Carl, it's Sunday, man. I'm chilling, man. Get off my phone. I'm like, I swear I saw it on TMZ. He said, TMZ? He said, mm. man, he, he hung up my phone like, Carl, I ain't got time to play with you today. Yeah, that's even crazy that TMZ was the one that broke mm. it. Yeah. They they break that's... a lot of stuff first, though. Yeah, they do. And but it's also been a lot of false stuff that TMZ has broken. Like Rick Fox. A lot, a lot of, yeah, exactly. Yeah, they say he died. Mm-hmm. So I was reading an article this morning. It was just so many stories. That's, that's, that's not right. No, it's not. And, and I, they knew before. They didn't They didn't tell his wife. They knew well, first. Well, no, they, they were still putting, the LAPD was still putting together everything mm-hmm. before, and they didn't even have a chance to inform the wife. It was just a rumor. 
It was just a rumor going around. No, but they put it out. It wasn't a rumor. They put out that Kobe Bryant was dead. That's no, too- I'm talking about Rick Fox. Oh, no, Rick Fox. Rick yeah. Fox was just a rumor. Rick Fox was a rumor. And I heard it, too. You heard so many different stories. Mm-hmm. So then what really, what really, uh, what really, when I knew it was for real, is Thomas tapped me and was like, Woj just tweeted it. Yep. And Woj is, you he's know, he's, a, wrong. he's yeah. the number, he's the number one reporter for the NBA. Credibility. So, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. So once Woj um, had tweeted it out, I'm like, damn. So I called my cousin Ray back. I'm like, Ray, Woj just tweeted it. He's like, man, I don't care about Woj. <laughs> I don't only believe in ESPN or C, uh, what you call that, CBS or one of the news channels. He said, until it pop up, don't call me back. So, you know, as the day goes on, the story starts to break mm-hmm. more and more. Everybody was talking about it at right the Right outside the too. Mamba factory, Kevin, yeah. he been working out at the Mamba factory for the past month. Yeah. This is a small world, you know. So it was, it was, it was crazy for me, man. I was emotional. I, I sat in my car once. I I parked my car at my friend's uh, mom's house by LAX, and once I once I got in the car, man, I called my aunt, and I was just sitting there because at that time I was under the impression that Kobe and all of his daughters died. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It was so many different rumors. Everything was coming so fast. You didn't know what to believe. You didn't want to. That was the first thing. I'm like Kobe and all yeah. of his daughters. I, I just start bawling, bro. I'm on Crenshaw Century. Like crying in my car, bro. I'm like, nah, and I'm I'm not the type to cry. Like I don't even like, but this felt like a family member. I ain't gonna mm-hmm. lie. Mm-hmm. It this, hurt. This felt like this. I was, cried too. This was I'm bigger. Sit here and act like I didn't cry. I, I cried did. when uh found out about Gigi. Man, that's, that's not right. It's, I, it's unfair. It's tough, man. But what's crazy about the whole situation is we gotta find a way to move on. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like I like what Shaq said recently about the celebrating Kobe. Go ahead. So what did he say? Speak on it. He just talked about how we need to stop uh, mourning. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's okay to mourn. It's all right to mourn. But um, it's it's about the time we start to celebrate Kobe. And yeah. it would be time, for, you know, with his mindset and everything that he was all about. Yeah. It's time for us to uh, celebrate him. Yeah, and I, and I think that's what it needs to be more Super of a Super Bowl ce- coming up. Yeah, I think it's it's more uh-huh. of a, it's more it should be more of a celebration in the morning. Yeah, he he taught Kobe us a lot. He's a entire generation. I remember hearing a story from my boy. Kobe's his idol. Kobe's his everything. Mm-hmm. And he said um, Kobe was coaching, and this girl, I guess uh, the girl he was coaching, her pops had passed away, mm-hmm. and she told uh, Kobe the coach, like, "Hey, coach, I'm not going to practice today. My uh, my pops passed away." And the words that he told her back was. Mm. You not practicing today is not going to bring your dad back. Mm-hmm. Right. So, I mean, it's deep. It's tough to tell a thirteen-year-old girl that. But that's that's. But the that's reality. just how he was. Yeah. That's how Kobe yeah. was. That's, that's the reality. You see, he used to get on his teammates. He was he was he was so focused and so driven, man. And for me, like seeing him on the court, we all saw what he did on the court. But then just to him for him to transition off and had a Mamba Sports Academy and start coaching. That's what I like. And he was so focused. Yeah. He was he he took that same Mamba mentality that he used on the court. Mm-hmm. Applied it to a lot of businesses. To business. Yeah. Like, I mean, I saw a picture on Instagram last night on Vanessa because I went to her, she she recently posted, so I went to her page, and I seen a picture of Gigi in the uh, high heels at practice. Yeah. Oh yeah, she was shooting, shooting the ball. The yeah, pictures. I seen that yeah. picture. Oh, that picture's hard. That's that's heartbreaking, bro. That's heartbreaking. But bro. Kobe would Kobe brought her from the recital to practice. Yeah, you know, like we got to go to practice still. Right there, and she was and, probably one hundred percent for that. Yeah, and I hear I hear so much. I hear so you know you hear so many different rumors. You hear about what he should have done, or he should have drove, or he should have did this. Like mm. I don't know if 
Well, if you're not familiar, let me familiarize you guys with Kobe Bryant. So Kobe Bryant lived in Orange County. He lived by Disneyland. He didn't live by L.A. The Lakers practiced in El Segundo by LAX. So we're talking about 30, 40 miles in between his home where he lives and his practice facility. So he said it in an interview. He said, man, trying to get to practice in the morning. Mind you, Kobe works out before practice. Mm -hmm. So trying to get to practice in the morning to work out, then actually practice with my team, then get home. It's already hard to work. It's already hard to commute in L.A. It's exactly. So, so from he, Orange County. He's not even living in L.A. County. He living mm-hmm. Orange. He living a whole other county. And that's how focused he was. That's Kobe. again, yeah, the back to the focus part. <laughs> he, he wanted nothing to do with that ruckus in L.A., nah. man. He wanted to be right. family nah. man, be taking care of his business. Exactly. Right. Of course. Sneaky exactly. little focus right there. Sneaky. Mm-hmm. Living in Orange County. You see the players from, from today LA and, and last year. They live in Beverly, Beverly Hills, Hills, Brentwood. They live by the Kardashians. They live by... Jay-Z, they live by, and Kobe was so like, focused. He lived in Orange County. Yeah, you can He even took see. a helicopter to practice. Yeah, he was helicopter to practice and home. Yeah, you know, I mean, come on now. Like how we go hop in a car, Kobe was heli- – Stephen A. – I mean, not Stephen A. Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp said Kobe is the the person they know the most to helicopter in the last 20 years outside of pilots, outside of actual pilots. Yeah, that's crazy. Because that was like – that was his car. That was his Benz. When was the last time we when was the last time we heard about a helicopter crash? Like I don't know. Come on, that's so random. Yeah, but tragedies happen, man. And that's the thing that it doesn't matter who you are, you know how big you are, how much money you got. When it's your time to go, it's your time to go. Mm -hmm. And for all the people with the conspiracy theories that Kobe was at it with a pharmaceutical company and all that, man, stop it, man. Stop it, man. For real, y'all need to sit down. And realize tragedies happen no matter who you are. You could be, you could be uh, Tom Cruise. You could be a regular person like me. Any day, any day you can go. He could have been driving and gotten a car accident. Yeah, it's could your have, time. It's your he time. He could have been walking and somebody hit him. Like, come on, bro. He was in a helicopter. That's what he used every day. But you know, especially in the black community, every time somebody of some sort of power or some type of status passes away, they always want to push, push this certain this certain agenda that. Oh, something happened. There's I think it's everybody, theory. though. I think it's everybody. Yeah, I think Every, so, too. Celebrities. Celebrities. But they, they always want to say, oh, you guys aren't woke. Are you woke? Are you woke? People always It say just that. hurts. And, and people try and blame and try and find something, you know. That's the that's the way they try to grieve. Um, so, man, let's, let's, let's try to push. Let's try to push. Let's try to push past this, man. Let's talk about... Let's talk about a little bit of your mamba mentality, Kevin, because mm-hmm. you got a crazy story, man, and I kind of want my listeners to uh, to be able to tap in and be able to keep up with you, and, and you shed a little bit of light about yourself. So um, Kevin right now is a pitcher in the Boston Red Sox organization. Um, last year he spent some time with the Royals, and um, I just think he has like kind of a little crazy story on you know how he got to where he is today. So uh, Kev, let the people know how you got to where you are, man, because you had you had to have a mama mentality to get man, to where you are. Absolutely. So I started off um, in high school, Shane, you know. Um, I stopped playing. I played baseball my freshman year and uh, gave it up and uh, stuck with the basketball, played football. What uh, was the reason? Sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, but what was the reason why you gave it up? Uh, I guess you could say I had a lot of, like, at the time I had some family issues okay. with my pops and um, – Kind of growing up, he always pushed me to get into that, get into baseball. Baseball, this is what you're going to do. You're going to grind. You're going to do this. And um, going into my sophomore year, we kind of had some family issues. Um, not going to get too deep into that. Yeah. Um, 
but I feel like I always related baseball with my pops. So um, it was, I mean, what, you're like 15, 16 years old, sophomore year. And I kind of like was so upset and so like angered by it. I kind of was like, you know what? I'm dropping baseball. I'm going to go mm. pursue something else with football. So and this is out of resentment for your pops? Yeah, I, I, I okay. can honestly admit that. All righty. Yeah. Okay. But go ahead. Continue. So then I, I, mean uh, cut you off. I graduated. You good? So I graduated and um, couldn't really accept any offers that I had at the time because my grades weren't right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had to go the junior college route. Went out to CLC and um, CLC is what College of the Canyons. Okay, just in Santa Clarita, and um, I went out there. I seen the, the football dudes that coming out of high school. You know, you don't want to do the JC route when yeah, it's you, tough, especially mm-hmm. when you're playing with Malcolm and Malcolm Marable. Yeah, Malcolm yeah. and Vernon, Vernon Adams. Yes, yeah. sir. And you see Stephen Mitchell. Stephen Mitchell. Shout out. <laughs> shout out. Shout Stephen. out Stephen Mitchell, shout out man. And uh, you see these guys going to schools, the D1 schools. And um, you're like, you know what? I was like, I, I don't want to do the JC route. And you felt like coming out of high school, you were a Division One talent, at least in football. I mean, I know, but let the let the people know because I saw. Yeah, I you. like to believe that, man. <laughs> uh, I remember the first one. If of he my could fir- block, <laughs> I remember one of my first times watching you. Um, I went to an Alamany game, so Kevin went to Bishop Alamany. If you watched our last episode, that's the high school that uh. Marvell Taylor and David Long wanted to attend. So Kevin went there, and he played with a bunch of my friends. So while I had heard the name Kevin Lennox, I didn't really get to know him until a couple of years ago, um, which is crazy how things come full circle. But I remember you having the number 99 on out there, man, yeah, doing man, your thing. Man. Man. I'm like, that, that wasn't by choice, though. It wasn't? No, 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 not the 99. That was my junior year. Yeah, Sally told me it was by choice. He lied to me, man. I said, Shit. is Kevin out there in the 99 by choice? Because he's <laughs> that, making that was plays. Actually, that was actually my first year uh, playing football oh, in my wow. entire life, my junior year. I just was like, I'm going to go play football. And I talked wow. to Malcolm Marable about it. And he kind of really sat me down. Like, I think, like, you're athletic, you're big, you're strong. Like, yeah. I think. Soft if, hands. If you if you put it together, I think you might be you might have a, might have a run at it. Uh-huh. So I went out there. And um, something that came up where I, I missed the day where you get the jersey, you pick your number and stuff like okay. that. I wasn't there. That. Okay. So I came the next day, and um, Coach Harrington, Dean Harrington, shout out. And um, he came up. He's like, ah, I only got 99 left. Ah, that's I'm like, tough. Oh, I thought the 99 man. was he sweet. Me, he hit me with the Wayne Gretzky. I'm like, <laughs> oh, man, I thought the 99 on, was sweet, though. I thought the 99 was sweet. Yeah, but that's not the number you're going to off the top. So, nah. Yeah, they they put me in the ninety nine. Not in high school. Uh, yeah. Not in, not in no school. 31. Not in professional. It's, it's, it's my first time playing. It's, I mean, but I, yeah, but I had I had to rock it. Um, again, it was my first year playing football, so I wasn't on the field all that much. Here and there, I had a couple touchdowns my junior year, and um, moved forward into my senior year. Worked, trained all summer. I shame. Mm. Worked all summer, mm-hmm. and um, came in had a had a pretty good year. But then again, I was. Like my first real year good being year. on the field. Yeah, so, a real good year. So your senior year was really your first, first full exactly, year exactly. really playing football. Yes, sir. And I remember, I, I mean, I ain't going to lie, I watched you on TV. I remember that catch you had against Oaks Christian. You know, one oh, of yeah, the that top, was the highlight right one there. One of the top <laughs> high schools in the country. We almost played against you, but. But what? But what happened? Uh, <laughs> who? I don't know. Who? Almost played against who? Who? You. Us? You. Your high school. Mir. I don't know why y'all didn't play against no. us. Our oh. schedule was open. No, um, uh, passing league. Oh, in passing league. Uh-huh. Oh, I don't know. Mm. We went. We played with Long Beach Poly. We could pull the film up. <laughs> we went and no, played. No, that's Beach. not right. Huh? We you know and, what I'm talking about. We went and played. You talking about the Saugus tournament? Uh, what tournament you talking about? Speak, speak on, on it. it. Speak on it. You speak on it. I'm talking. We played in the championship. In the so, championship. I don't know against Oaks. 
Oh, yeah, we got put out by Polly. Yeah, yeah, we got put out, but that's passing. Wanted to play you, man. That's passing. <laughs> just league. saying, we wanted Anybody to play. Anybody can win a passing league. Let's be I'm honest. Just saying, I wanted no to play. Just saying, I wanted to play. Let's be honest. But yeah, no, we got put out by Long Beach Poly. Yeah, we got put out by Oaks. But you know, like you but said, yeah, it's so, just passing league. See, so, yeah, so I ended up at uh, College of the Canyons and um, kind of went out to the coach. I'm like, you know what? Like, I haven't played baseball in a few years, but like, I'm gonna play here. Mm. And um. Uh, at the time, I wanted to play outfield and be a hitter and stuff like that. I was when Matt Kent was booming. Matt Kemp. Man, I was like, In man, L.A. Man, LA, I was LA, like, man that's the dude. I, that's, that's the rabbit <laughs> I'm chasing. So I went out there. Um, I played two years at COC, College of the Canyons. Ended up uh, transferring to Hawaii Pacific. Okay. Um, it's a D2 out in uh, Hawaii. Mm, how was that? Uh, it was cool, man. I'm not really the beach type. Oh, so okay. I, everybody would me get neither. upset with me. And I could swim. You know, I don't know. <laughs> I didn't say nothing, man. I didn't say none of that. <laughs> nah, I'm just saying, like, people be like, you live in California. How's it been? I'm like, man, I don't go to the beach. Maybe twice for family. Or not workout for me. or something. Yeah. Get them sand dunes. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not going to the beach. Yeah, you know? so I uh, did my junior year at Hawaii Pacific, and um, some things kind of happened over there that I wasn't really wasn't really feeling with the coach mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And um, I ended up transferring back home to Cal State Dominguez Hills. Okay. Over in Carson, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, did my senior year there. But again, I'm a pitcher now, so that's where all, you started pitching, right? Yeah, at Dominguez Hills. All, yeah, all through college, I I was an outfielder and a hitter, and that's what I thought. That's what I wanted. That's what I wanted to do. You just switched and, the whole game up, man. So it was like two weeks left in the season. I always messed around with the pitching coach, like, man, put me in the game. Like, I, yeah. pitchers ain't doing what they need to be doing. Put me in the game. I'm in center field. So he goes out to uh, talk to the pitcher one time, and he points out to me in center field. I'm like looking behind me, like. Who, me? He said, yeah, you're in the game. I'm like, oh, shoot. I come <laughs> running in from center field and get on the mound and um, finish the inning. And as I'm walking off the uh, – I think I struck out the side. Hmm. So I'm walking into the dugout, and the pitching coach meets me before I even get into the dugout. Like, like you, I thought you said you never pitched before. I haven't pitched in since you, I was maybe like 10, 11, or 12, <laughs> somewhere around there. So He's it like, was natural, like – we pitched yeah. when you were little, right? That's where yeah, growing up, yeah, yeah, yeah. At a high little level. And stuff at like a that, high yeah. level too. Yeah. And um he's he's like, Do you have any idea how hard you're throwing? I'm like, I'm like, nope. Like I've never been off the mountain. I don't, yeah. I don't know. He's like, You're throwing 95, 96 miles an hour. That's a JUCO. <laughs> that's just random. Ooh. Just let me get that's out there. That's no pitching coach, no nothing, just <laughs> let me natural just get out there and throw ninety five one there. time. And honestly, it's a it's a weird feeling. Like being on the mound, it felt way more natural than being in the batter's box. Wow. Like for me, it just you liked it, it? felt man. I loved it immediately. It like immediately, like this is why I knew. See, like, that's funny because because coming back to the game after stopping and coming back, like I kind of not that I was uneasy, but I wasn't in my vibe. Like I didn't yeah. have that right feel to it. And yeah. The batter's box and the outfit. I was I, mean, I was all right, but getting on the mound was a different like different, a different feeling. feeling. Yeah, you it felt was, it. I just felt like this is where I need to be. This. Well, I remember this, talking this to you after the switch was going on, and I would be like, "Are you going to swing again? Swing a bat again?" and you would always be like, no, nah, I'm a pitcher yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, I don't. Nah, I'm a pitcher now. Yeah, I, I don't miss it I'm at all. Pitcher now. And that's a mindset thing. That's like that Kobe mentality that mm-hmm. we talked about. Just yeah. zoning in. I just, I, I, I think that it's crazy that naturally you just had that, that feeling. And, I mean, sometimes you get that. Like, I've, I've seen basketball players that play basketball their whole life come out to a football field and be like, man, I'm. Like, man, this is it. This is for me. Like, this is kind of easy. Like, basketball was hard. Yeah. Like, football is easy. And 
So just for you to have that natural feeling, I they just say, you know, sometimes they be like, when you know, you know. And yeah, that's, that's in life. Mm-hmm. That's, that's when true. When you know, you know. But it was so late in the season that the draft was coming up at the end of the year, and we only had two weeks left. The MLB so, draft yeah, we're talking about. the MLB okay. draft. So I didn't have that much film or no stats or nothing like that to uh, to really get my name out. I was invited to a few pre-draft workouts mm-hmm. where they work out like probably like a week or two before the draft with certain teams and stuff like that. I went to one at Dodger Stadium. Okay. I went with one with the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, the Kansas City Royals actually invited me out. Um, who else? The Cubs, the Padres. But I only were I only went to like three of them because the guy that I was uh, that was representing me at the time, he saw me pitch and he's like, I'm gonna represent you. And um, I think you should, because they all wanted me to show up as an outfielder and a hitter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I showed, he's like, you show up and, and tell them that you're not going to be doing that and you're going to pitch and you get on the mound, you're throwing 95, 96 miles an hour. There's no way they could say no. There's yeah. no way they could reject they that. Can't, they can't deny Everybody you. at the highest level already knew you as an outfielder, right? Because you had uh, you had that one experience with um, turning down the drafting, right? Oh, yeah, that was my freshman year after uh, uh, COC. You 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 had you had been offered some uh, to go to, yeah, then, to the bigs as an outfielder. Yeah, that was in not not to the bigs, but to sign. Yeah, with right the, to the organization. The yeah, the Royals originally wanted to draft me in um, as an outfielder after my first year at COC, Colleges of Canyons. Yeah, I remember that. I, I turned and it you, down. And you told me what? What'd you tell me? What do you, do you mean? remember? Uh, refresh me. You told me uh, you were gambling on yourself. Oh yeah, to you go say back. You to were school. worth more money. Yeah, they. <laughs> Yeah, they just I a like signing that. bonus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mamba mentality. I like that. Yeah, but it didn't really turn out the way I wanted it to. Not yet. I always before I would always like question that. I would always like think back, like, man, if I would have done that, you'd be an outfielder right now. Exactly. Who knows? I might have been. I might have been be one doing. year and done. You know? Yeah, exactly. And um, man, it's God. God. God bless me with that to mm-hmm. to be able to say no to the money on the table at the time. That's crazy. Kind of go back. Right? That's crazy. Yeah, I kind of forget that moment, but um. Yeah, so my senior year, I go to those pre-draft workouts, and I guess they weren't really feeling the fact that I didn't, I guess that my advisor didn't tell them that I was going to show up as a pitcher. Because mm-hmm. the position players, how it works, the position players get there like around 8 a.m. They do their 60. It's like the 40 for football. Okay. They do their outfield drills. They hit, and then they face the hitter, the pitchers. pitchers. So the pitchers come around like 10, 30, 11. So as I'm walking up, I was a little early for the pitchers. They're calling my name for batting practice. And I'm on the, I'm walking up in my, in my sandals and stuff like that. I'm like, oh, like I'm here. And he's like, why are you showing up late? Like, yeah. I'm like, oh, I'm showing up with the pitchers. I'm going to be pitching. He's like, you didn't get invited as, as a pitcher. Oh, you got invited man. as a hitter. So that miscommunication right there kind of, I guess you could say, rubbed them the wrong way. Or they just they weren't feeling me. So I didn't end up getting drafted. And this was my senior year. That was it. Yeah. So I'm kind of like, you know what? Like it wasn't meant to be. Yeah. So, um. I, I stopped playing. I hung it up for about three months. I was doing personal training, sleeping on the couch in my brother's house. I was driving Uber at night, just <laughs> kind of trying to find my purpose, you know? I remember I, that. I remember a key moment in that time period, too, when you uh, asked me for a job. Oh, yeah, I was with a little bar back with Shane, <laughs> helping with the, and the bar no, tennis. No, no, the other was, job, though, and then, then what I tell you. Uh, oh, yeah, when I asked, I, I, where was that at? I, asked him, I was working at. I, asked him uh, give me a I was job. a telecommunicator. I was a telemarketer. Oh yeah, 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 I was, yeah, yeah, I was yeah. working a little telemarketing job, and um, I was getting tired of that Uber. You didn't know <laughs> what you didn't know what to do, man. You were I was, a little I was, lost. I was you, lost, man. And, you, at and that time, Kevin did you came think to it me. Was over? Yes, yeah. he did. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, okay. He came to me, and he was like, "Man, give me a job." And I was so like, he thought no. it was over." But Shane, Shane, Shane really told me no. Like you're not done. I said no. I said no. I'm not getting you a job. 
Yeah, that's, that's but that was not you. That was before the next step when um uh, I was I think I was on Snapchat one day and a friend of mine was uh, at USC training. Mm. So it's uh, Brian Estai. I went to um, high school with him. I played. He was a backup quarterback behind Vernon. Okay. And um, not behind Vernon, maybe a couple more Ooh. behind. Estai. <laughs> no disrespect to you, Brian, but um yeah. So he was. So I also went to. Hawaii Pacific with him, okay. and then uh, when I transferred to Hawaii Pacific, he came with me to Dominguez Hills. Oh, so, so you he had, was you with had, me for a lot. Had some, uh, yeah, had absolutely. So you went from college of the so you gra- graduated high school, mm-hmm. went to College of the Canyons, yes sir. Then went to Hawaii Pacific, yep. Left hmm. Hawaii Pacific and went to Cal State Dominguez Hills, yes sir. That's here in California, yes sir. Okay. Carson, California. Carson. Okay, what cool. What a journey, huh? What so a journey. They went undrafted. Yeah, go undrafted. Then like three months of just. Like trying to find my purpose, man. I'll wake up in the morning, look in the mirror, like, what am I doing? I'm on the sleep on the couch in my brother's spot. Yeah, ain't got no money. Like, like I just, I just really <laughs> just got on my knees and prayed, up. like God, like, mm-hmm. like shed your light on wherever you want me to go. I'm gonna go. Like I'm gonna do it. And that's and that's when you gotta have the most faith because I'm sure it was easy to have faith when, uh, you know, you were a freshman at COC and you had an opportunity to go to the MLB. You know what I'm saying? It's easy to be inspired. It's easy to be like, okay, well, I already know I got them right here saying that they want to sign me or they want to draft me, but I feel like I'm more money, so I'm going to go bet on myself. I'm going to have that Mamba mentality. I feel like I'm better. Let me go work on my craft. And then, boom, you're going to draft it. Yeah. That's like going back as a college quarterback. You have a good year, and then you say, you know what? I got another year. I'm going to go back and play. You risking everything. Yeah. But you knew that it was an uphill battle because – in baseball, you had no film as a pitcher, none yeah, of that. Yeah, so, I mean, you didn't 100%. really expect to get drafted as a pitcher the second time around, Yeah, right? I mean, but the dude that was advising me was like, look, like you could, you're throwing 95, like not a lot of people in the world are throwing 95 miles an hour off the mound. That's heat. I don't want nothing to do with 95 miles, but I'm going to tell you that right now. And I played baseball. I didn't play in high school, but I played <laughs> Little League. Was on a really, really good Little League team, too. We went to a couple <laughs> of championships. But 95, when I got to high school, you know they don't they don't throw nowhere near. Only the good good ones throw that fast. But I got to high school and he had to be throwing like seventy something, and I was like, "See ya to <laughs> baseball." It, huh? Yeah, I was football. Baseball track. career was so, over. So 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 from there, um, driving Uber and all that, I'm on Snapchat one day and I see my boy Brian at uh, USC training, mm-hmm. and he had one more year of college. So um, I asked him like, "What was he doing up there?" And he uh, said, "This guy Tom House." Tom He's training House. with Tom House over at USC. At the time, I had no idea who he was. I'm like, yeah. like, all right, like, what does he do? He yeah. said, oh, he's helping me with pitching and stuff like that. He's so, well-connected. He trains Tom Brady and Drew Brees and XYZ baseball players and stuff like that. He's like the he's arms pit- coach, right? He's an arms yeah, he's coach. He's a biomechanics guru for uh, pitching, for football, for quarterbacks. Like, I had no idea. Yeah. So he's like, you know what? Like, I'm going to bring you with me uh, when I go tomorrow. And I'm gonna introduce you. Just let him know your story, cause he saw me throw 95, 96 miles an hour. He knows that yeah. what I have, mm-hmm. and he knows that that's not normal. That shouldn't go to waste. Yeah, facts. so he's like, and he's like, Tom loves dudes that are like a specimen. Yeah. So if I bring you in, like he's gonna fall in love with you. He's gonna want to work with you, and um, you never know. So I went up there the next day. I'd let him know my situation, mm-hmm. and um, he's charging guys two hundred dollars a day, two hundred dollars a session, and. Uh, man, I was like, my two weeks paid Uber for one day. <laughs> and um, he's like, you know what? He's like, you're going to do the workout today, and um, I'll let you know if, if I think you should pursue it or if you should, like, let it go. Give it up. Yeah, so he had me do the workout and everything like that, throw a bullpen. 
and he saw how I threw and how I worked and how I stuff like that. And he, he asked me three questions like, do you have a wife that you need to provide for? I said, nope. He said, do you have a mortgage that you need to pay for? I'm like, nope. He said, do you have any kids that you need to take care of? I said, nope. He said, keep showing up. Um, he said, this is a weird feeling I have about you. Bless so so uh, I'm going to take you under my wing. Don't, don't tell nobody. But, for free. Uh, for free. For free. Tom Bless House. Free. Tom House. Shout out Tom House, Tom man. House. Yeah, man. That's, Tom House. God bless his soul. Because, not to cut you off, I'm going to let you finish your story, but I was watching all the Smoke podcasts. I watch different podcasts. That's what I do. I don't really watch too much TV. I watch Power. Shout out Power. But um, I was watching all the Smoke podcasts, and Stephen A. was saying, like, no matter how talented you no, no matter how talented you are, you're going to need somebody's help to get to the top. Like, Absolutely. no matter who you are. For him, it was AI. He had a special, Allen Iverson, he had a special relationship with Allen Iverson that led him to become the big reporter that he is today to where he's he's about to sign. Um, he, they already agreed to the terms where he's about to sign the biggest deal in, in ESPN history. Mm. But just to go back on that and just to say how Tom House helped you out, you're always going to need somebody to get to the top. Absolutely. I, to believe in you, too. Yeah. He, he he gave you a certain belief also probably. Yeah. And, and then he, also, you know. sometimes some people could see some stuff in you that you don't see in that's yourself. Right. See, that's yep. what I'm saying. Like, that's that's what coaches are. Coaches, I, I, I don't know if you guys know this, but a coach, this, the term coach comes from a stage coach. A stage coach takes you from one place to the next place, and that's what a coach is supposed to do, take you from where you are and get you better. So that's what a coach is. That's what he does. Shout out Tom House. Yeah, man. So – uh so he told me don't keep showing up. Um, he's gonna take me under his wing, and um, he said it's just something. Something about you. I just feel like something's gonna pay off. Like you got something that not a lot of people have, even the people that are here. Mm-hmm. And um, he's like, I've turned away thousands of athletes. Like you know what? Like I don't think it's gonna work for you, man. Like don't even waste your time. Yeah. Like, no disrespect. Like I'm gonna be 100 percent honest with you. So yeah, I trained with him for uh, about five, six months. Didn't miss a beat. And he um, he told me. He's like, after like six months, he's like, all right, what are you doing here? Like, you need to go throw. You yeah. need to go get innings. You need to be seen. Like, you're <laughs> like you're, you're complete. Like, yeah. go, go out there and do it. I'm like, where do I go? I have no idea. No idea. So, where do I start at? So he sent me to this um this camp in Palm Springs. He's like, this guy owes me. But it was like $3,000 to get into this this thing. So I'm like. And at this time, you don't have any money. You're sleeping on your I'm brother's st- couch yeah, driving I'm still, Uber. I'm still driving Uber at night trying to. Unemployed. I've been there. So, I've been there. So he's like, I, man, he's like, you're killing me. He's like, I have this guy in Palm Springs that's doing this league to get seen to go into independent ball. Yeah. And there's going to be scouts out there and stuff like that. And he's like, he owes me a favor. I'm going to use that favor on you. <laughs> so, so basically, all bets on you. he picked up that $3,000 tab. Cause he owed you a favor. He yeah, owed he owed him a favor. Yeah. He. I don't. I'm not sure what he did, but he yeah. said that guy owes me a favor, and I'm going to use that favor on you. All so right. uh, that that was able to let me go and uh, play in that camp and be seen. So it was my like my second to last outing. I think it was there was a Texas Ranger scout out there, and um, he invites me after seeing me throw. He comes over and talks to me. He's like, "Yeah, this is probably like three weeks before spring training in 2016," and he's like. There's gonna be an open. There's gonna be a tryout, not an open tryout. It's gonna be a tryout. You have to be invited to for the Texas Rangers. Probably like 100, 150 kids out there yeah. that have already been playing pro ball in the minor leagues, trying to get back into a team. And I read this in the article. But Me too. Ahead. It's crazy. And um, he's like, "You're gonna show up there, and you're gonna try out, and you're gonna get an opportunity." I'm like, "I'm in. I'm there." I didn't have no money for a hotel room because it was in Arizona at their spring training complex. Yeah. So this man Rick Schrader is like, "You know what? I'm gonna buy you a hotel room." 
the night before. So you could drive up the night before and you could be there and you could sleep and you could wake up and show up at eight o'clock in the morning for the workout. So I drive out there with my boy Quan and um, we wake up in the morning, we go to the workout and show up at eight o'clock. My name's not on the list. I'm like, oh my gosh. Like I drove all the way out here. I'm trying to plead with them. Like, look, I was invited. They're like, this isn't an open, open workout. You have to be invited by a scout. So I tell them who invited me. They're like, oh, he's a part-time like amateur scout. Oh man, he doesn't really have that pull like that. So, oh damn. So then I call him. Like, man, what's going on at the time? Thankfully, he was in Phoenix, which was like Not twenty far. minutes away from Surprise, Arizona. Yeah. So he drives down. He starts talking to him. He's like, like pleading with him. Like, let this dude do it. He already drove out here. Trust me, you're not gonna go wrong with. It. I've seen him throw. So they're like, okay, we'll pencil him in last. Like he'll he'll pitch last. There's 150 kids out there. All of them with pro from some guys from the big leagues all the way down. Pro pro experienced kids talking about like, oh, what, what team they were just on? They got released. Yada yada yada. I'm sitting there like, I'm, I'm sleep. I'm just thankful I got to sleep in the bed last night instead of the couch. Yeah. Back home, in the hotel room. So at the end of the day, I get. I think my my shot came at like 4:30. After getting there at 8 in the morning, sit around all day, let everybody go and do their thing. And um, I go in last, and I threw I threw against some hitters. And I knew it was good. After the first hitter I faced, they kind of stopped, and they called this guy over from the other field because there was two fields going on. Yeah, they looked around yeah, a little like bit. Like, I mean, from oh. sitting there all day, you could see who's who. <laughs> who's who? Who's the, the top dog? Who. Yeah, they you know. They know. They woke him up a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. So I see him, like, start whistling to the other field, calling the two other, um, like, the head dudes. Turned out to be the, the head player development guy for the minor leagues for the Texas Rangers. Mm-hmm. So they start calling him over, and they're uh, they're watching me, and they're talking. Then they call over the scout that invited me. So I figured something good was going on. I didn't know what was going on, but so I get done with my inning. They're like, hold on, stay out there. do one, Face one more batter. Face one more batter. And I think I struck him out in like three pitches or something like that. As I'm walking off the mound, they're like, come over here. And they start asking me questions like, where the hell, like, where did you come from? Like, who are you? <laughs> I'm like, I'm like I tell him my situation, been training with Tom House. And I guess Tom House, funny as this is, he used to be the Texas Rangers pitching coach uh, with Nolan wow. Ryan. <laughs> wow. Full circle. Yeah, I'm like, well, crazy. So all of them already knew who Tom was. And um, they they basically told me, you're, like, you're throwing 97 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. So my I ticked it up a little bit, um, just, for, I guess, training and adrenaline or whatnot. And ended up, they're like they they got everybody together that was at the tryout, and they were like, "All right, we're gonna um, we're gonna meet, and we'll get back to you guys in like a week or so, yeah. let you know no, what, what, what our decision was." Process of elimination. And I was the last one, so I hadn't checked my phone or anything like that. So I go and you know go get my belongings and stuff like that. And I notice I have like six missed calls, and I'm reading, I click on the voicemails, and it's the Chicago Cubs, and it's the Kansas City Royals, and it's <laughs> wow. like, "Hey, Kevin, we want to get to, we want to get a chance to talk with you if you give give us a call back." So I go right back over to the scout that invited me. I'm like, I got six missed calls with voicemails from these X, Y, Z, these teams. So he runs over and tells the head guy, and he comes over to me like, don't call nobody back. We're going to we're gonna meet. I'll call you in 30 minutes to an hour, and we're going to set this up. Like, don't call nobody back yet. Yeah. So I wait, and I go over to the Red Robin. <laughs> I'm sitting around, and um, they don't call. It's been like an hour. Nervous. Yeah. I'm like, is this about to happen? So no joke, like two hours went by. I'm like, man, forget it. So I tell my boy Quan, like, let's let's just ride back. So we start driving back home. Another two hours go by, and then I finally get the call. Like, where are you at? Uh, this is what's his name? I forget. I can't think of his name right now. Off the top of my head with the Texas Rangers. Yeah. Um, where are you at right now? Oh, I started driving back home. They're like, turn around, get a hotel tonight, and uh, we'll reimburse you tomorrow. 
and you're gonna meet with the the team doctor. If you pass the physical, we're gonna sign you. Like you're the only Bless one. Uh, so you went from Juan was with you, right? <laughs> yeah. You went from not having anywhere to stay, driving out there, somebody paying for your hotel, showing up to the workout, your name not even on the list. You make a call, they they let you pitch, you get the pitch last. And, and they had everybody that was there that got to sign up. Like when your name was on the list, you sign in, they give you this this jersey, this Texas jersey with your number on the back, yeah. like just so they could verify you and see, like, know who you are. Yeah. So at the end, they're like, we don't even got nothing for you. Just wear what you got on. Yeah. Um, everyone's in blue and that royal blue and red Texas Rangers. Mm-hmm. I'm in a black Nike dry fit. <laughs> <laughs> just Prime mode. And, and, from Prime there, mode. and from there it was on. So you got signed and then – you you had your little stint. Just uh, give us a little quick spin on how it's been in the majors. You know, going because most people think that that minor league grind is like like nothing you could even think of, man. So you're you're it's it's a grind for eight months, and you're in these little tiny cities yeah. in the United States that nobody's even heard of, and there's nobody nobody. It's I'm traveling by bus too. Right? <laughs> Every time it's a bus, bus, you get eight to ten hour bus rides. Jeez. It's just, a grind. It's, it's an absolute grind. grind. So you stay in so low-end got, hotels. You got to have that mamba mentality. You got to. You got to. You got to be able to see it through. Is yeah. there nights that, that make you question? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I feel or like everybody has all? those nights. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Definitely what, those what, nights. What? After a bad game or something like that, you got a 10-hour bus ride, and maybe you had a couple couple bad games in a row, and you're just thinking, like, man, is this really worth it? Like, am I, am I doing the right thing? Is this really what I want to do? And what do you tell yourself in those moments? I'm gonna make it. Like I've come. There's been too many people that bet on me. Okay. That, that put their investment on me for me to quit. So you, know? you use your friends as and family motivation. as motivation. Absolutely. I think of Tom House. Like I have somebody, Tom House. Somebody owes me a favor, and I'm gonna use that favor on you. Mm. Man, mm. that's mm-hmm. and that's 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 so crazy, man. That's big. So fast forward to today, you were with the Royals last year. They released you, and then the Boston Red Sox signed you. Yes, sir. So now you're a part of the Red Sox. No, order. no, 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 huh? no. That's not right. He was released by the Rangers. Oh, and he was signed by the Royals. But yeah. the Royals yeah, but released him, and now, yeah. nah, and then he was yeah. released by the Royals. Same yeah. thing like that dude with the uh, the and 49ers. Now, they said he got released Moster. by six teams. Yeah, yeah. once he got cut by six teams. All, mm-hmm. all it's about is is just finding your First lane. Yeah. So you were released one Injuries time. Injuries could happen, and so then you could move up. So you were released once. Twice. And then that was you no know, right, right. But you were released once, and that hurt probably ego a little bit. And then twice, I, I wouldn't then, say it hurt. It? I wouldn't say it hurt my ego. It I, just I, I knew. Is it just a mindset thing, or like, you know, you just no, I just it. understand the business. It's mm-hmm. a business. I'm I'm an undrafted free agent. I'm a little older yeah. than, okay. than most, and I just know like that's that's how the business is gonna be because mm-hmm. I. Just I, I just appreciate the Rangers for letting me get that foot in the door with them to be able to see the inside and let them like let myself know that because that's big. I'm I'm just as good as these dudes. Yeah. Like, if not, I'm better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the only thing is, if the guys invested, they invested a million dollars into one guy and they yeah. invested nothing into me. It's at no the point. end of the day, I'm going to be the one that's going to get the cut, even though if my numbers say something. And you and, and you just, told that to the you 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 told that to the Rangers too, right? When it when it when it went when it all went down and they released you, you. Told them you were thankful and oh yeah yeah and they I was spoke very to you on how yeah, professional absolutely. you were. They still there's they still um, I ran to a guy that works uh, is a scout with the uh, Rangers right now and he's like man you're a legend over there yeah like they they still talk about you how you how crazy you, I mean you, you were you working you were this playing whole career on out of nothing and, and out of some tryout it basically came down to money right because you were playing on the business side of things yeah like like what I just said mm-hmm. I was 
the investments that they mm-hmm. have money invested yeah. in some guy that they're gonna they're not gonna let the million dollar man walk nah. and let me slide in there for a spot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, and for and, you to understand this business, that's so big and important because most people don't understand that it's business. Like at the end of the day, why did he why did they cut? Yeah, him somebody that might turn somebody off. I, I'm investing my money into you. So everything that you do is important. So for you to understand that this business and not and not keep no hard feelings, man, that's big. But that's that's crazy how it goes for baseball because you know in, in basketball, for instance, you be drafted in the first round, automatically you're not gonna go down to the D League or G League, and <laughs> right. go down to the minor leagues. You're automatically gonna play in baseball. You could be the but, number but you one. But know, you notice how they're trying to make the G League like minor league baseball now. Yeah, they, yeah, they are. To put that, that, that comparison. But with the but the difference is like. If you're a second round pick, you're gonna go. You're gonna go up and down. You can go to the NBA. You can go Baseball down. Baseball is forty rounds. Yeah, forty rounds. And you could you could be a first round pick and then not make it. Yeah, but for a couple years. Just like mm. Josh, or, or go to the AAA. You can go to the it's, AAA. It's, and so it's like it's like five different levels of the minor league. So it's the rookie. See? It's rookie ball. Okay. So where you're either in Arizona or Florida, where the spring trainers are. Okay. And then they go to single A, but it's low single A. So it's okay. called low A. Then low they have a. high single A. Where high it's single. advanced single A, oh then it's to double A, then it's to triple A, and then, then it's to the big leagues. Who? So where, where are you at right now? I'm on the border of the triple uh, A and the big leagues right now. Almost there, there, right there. One yeah. more step. Okay, so I got a couple. I got a couple quick questions for you, man. Let's before we Let's wrap this up, um, would you say you're a multi-sport athlete? Would you say being a multi-sport athlete has helped you? Because I'm big on. Football Absolutely. players running track, playing Absolutely. basketball, baseball. I was a multi-sport athlete. Symmetry. But but these days, Kevin, I, I'm I'm actively involved in. I just see kids go straight from football to seven on seven. They don't run track. They don't play baseball. They don't they don't yeah, play they basketball. Because yeah, it's different footwork that you're gonna get, get in basketball than you are gonna get in football or on the track. So you gotta you gotta keep a full circle with even soccer. Yeah. Even like I was saying when I went to when I first went to football, I'm like, um, I think Coach Harrington said you play basketball, right? I'm like, yeah. He said it's like grabbing a rebound. Yeah. Like going up there, you run, no you're just trying to grab a rebound. Yeah. So I started thinking it like that. And I was jumping up, jumping up over dudes, the safety or the corner, making the catch over them. Yeah. Just like it's a rebound. rebound. Like this is my ball. I'm about to So you would most definitely say one hundred percent. A thousand percent. A thousand percent. You gotta play other play sports. It's, it's gonna I, keep I, you athletic. What do you think I, about that, T V? I might have the reason I have to disagree because I think when you're playing a sport like football or basketball or baseball, you gotta focus just Strictly on your craft. How old are we talking? We're I mean, talking. We talking coming up. Uh, kids, 10, 10, ten years old. Ten, ten years old. Hey, you absolutely. I think it on you your got, level. You got to play the different I, sports. I, I think it's better to just focus on one, so then you can get really good at that and constantly put all your craft into that. You know, because there's times where you could play another sport. You could be good at football, and then you playing basketball. You tear your ACL. When you know your love is to go and play football, take that to the next but level. But you can do that same thing that's in a cone drill. That's freak accident. You, that's you true. Can, you can you can you can but get it keeps hurt you athletic. Any, anywhere. You, the main thing I is you got to be athletic. Got to be athletic. Like if you're a you pitcher, be able to. we're not doing we're not running up and down the court, running routes, keeping our hips right. Yeah, Carl, you know, that's just what's think, up? I think you got to take into uh, mind the uh, the scholarships that people are getting from these seven-on-seven seven camps nowadays, too. And, and when I, you I mean, were in high school, you you know, you weren't going to these seven-on-seven seven camps because well, we didn't have we them. Weren't, right, we yeah, didn't even have them. We didn't have them, so but you we know weren't what getting I, offered at seven-on-seven seven seven camps. But you know what I was doing? I was on that track. And you know what got me a scholarship to Arizona State? Track. It wasn't football. It was track. I got a football scholarship, but how I got recognized was track. Right. That's I went awesome. out there, and I did my thing, and 
So you, the coach was yeah. like, he was there to see somebody else and was like, hold on. Uh, that's what Coach Harrington had us on. We had uh, <laughs> Coach Wellington, the track coach. Yeah, he had I'm us linked with up him. with him in the off, like offseason football. Like you got to go run you gotta track. Go run track, man. You got to stay in shape. You got to work on your form. It's running routes. It's getting your hips right. It's getting your core right. It's yeah. being endurance. It's being in shape. So uh, okay, let's 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 move forward a little bit. Um, let me ask you this, man: Drake or Kendrick Lamar? Oh my God, it's not even close. <laughs> Give me Drizzy. I'm going Drake. You going Drake? Shane, what about you? Drake. Drake? Yeah, it's not. K Dot is still awesome. Hey, though, I like K Dot. He's from LA, but I need the man. More versatile. He's okay. more versatile. Nipsey, rest in peace. And don't just say this because he, he dead. Nipsey or Snoop? I need Snoop. Doggy style. Yeah, I'm about to go with Nip on that one. Nipsey. 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 I gotta go Snoop. Too. Just cause he a legend, he's still doing it. I didn't grow up on Snoop. I grew, I grew up, up on I, Nipsey. I grew, I grew up on Snoop. You know, yeah, I grew true, up on Snoop true. and DJ up, Quick. I mean, I know Snoop, but I didn't grow up on Snoop. I grew up on Snoop. Doggy Style is one of the best albums to ever come out. I love Snoop. If if you had to face one of these guys, who you choosing, Kev? You on the mound? Let's hear it. It's it's three two. The count is three two. Oh, yeah, three man. balls, two strikes. Uh-huh. Game seven of the World Series. Let's do it. You got Ken Griffey Jr. in his prime. You got the Barry. Kid. You got Barry Bonds in his prime, and you Before got heard about the steroids. And you and you got Albert Pujols in his prime. Who you want to see on that mound? Man, probably Ken Griffey. You want to see? Oh, Griffey? Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> I thought he was gonna <laughs> say Albert Pujols. If he beats me, I, if he beats me I tip my cap to Griffey, man. I love that dude. That's that's the kid right there. That's man. the kid. I love. Dude played Griffey. alongside his pops in the big leagues. Okay. Hit back-to-back home runs right after his dad hit one. He came up and hit one. That's facts. Who do, who would you say? Um, your favorite baseball player is all time. My favorite baseball player all time, honestly, Griffey might be up there. That's Griffey. my favorite. Griffey, Griffey. Mm-hmm. I like Griffey. I like Jeter. What about Jeter? A Rod. Yeah, Jeter. I like A Rod. I mean, Jeter's like Kobe of baseball. Yeah, man. The, I agree with the that. The best pitcher of all time. Who would you take? The best pitcher you've seen? I gotta go with Randy. He Randy. Was, he I was gonna say Randy. Randy. Yeah, <laughs> he had a bird. Randy. Randy was good. A bird, man. Oh, you like drums or flats, man? Chicken wings. The flats or the or the drumsticks. Man. I go with the drums, man. Drums, okay. Not too crispy though. Not too crispy. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. All right, man. Well, yeah, the man. That'll do it. We could we could wrap it up, man. It was a pleasure man, having I you, man. I appreciate. Thank you for having me, man. Yeah, I see no the list problem, of people man. that you got coming in here, man. I'm truly grateful, man. I yeah. appreciate the time. Yeah, man. no problem, man. Here, man. I appreciate you, it's Shane. Awesome. Appreciate you, time. Hey, thank TV. you, Carl, man. The locker room. The locker room, locker room. man. Locker room, hey, I appreciate man. y'all, man. You know, Carl time Holmes. is the essence, man. And I appreciate y'all Thomas spending Butler. my time, man. Spending Respect. your time listening. We out. You don't want to leave because you love the hoes. Something ain't right, you doing bad tonight. You'll be all alone if you don't have a wife. Because these ladies ain't feeling you. You're listening to Hayes Radio Network. Cannabis Lifestyle Radio.